Hi, welcome to Exploring Illusion Free Will. My name is George Ortega, and this is episode number 148, Free Will and Why Causality is a Priori. And I'll explain that, but I, I want to wish you a Merry Christmas because like, I'm, I see on my like, schedule that this is like scheduled to like, be broadcast on Christmas Day. And also, actually, on Christmas Eve, I guess. So, like, um, so yeah, Merry Christmas. Now, here, before we start, i got to, like, just go into this very briefly. I was, there's this movie, Zeitgeist, that's how you could catch it on the Internet, Amazon.com or whatever. And, like, it starts out, you know, the, this whole, like, all right. I kind of, like, was raised Christian, but I'm actually Jewish, so I started, like, practicing Judaism as an adult, whatever. And now I'm kind of, like, more... You know, I'm spiritual, but I'm not really, like, conventionally religious. And one of the reasons is because, like, you know, as this, like, movie Zeitgeist explains, this whole Christmas thing, Jesus, the guy, like, the whole story is, like, it's stolen from Egyptian mythology. In other words, like, the December 25th birth, the the death and resurrection, the um, all this stuff. I mean, if you watch the, the movie, you know, all these, like, features of Jesus' life and also of Moses' life, they're, they're, you know, they're co-opted, they're stolen from, from myths of, of previous civilizations. I mean, like, and that, you know, the reason I mention this is because, like, you know, our world, you know, like, one of the things that I've learned from doing this show is, like, our world really isn't interested in truth. It's, it's interested in, like, feeling good. So probably, like, after 148 episodes, I'm probably going to be segueing maybe after 156 or so, because I want to, like, 156 is, like, three years of episodes, you know, like, three solid years, of, you know, one a week, whatever, on average. And so, like, so, yeah, I think after this, I'm going to go back to, like, the, um, I, before this show, I did a show on happiness called The Happiness Show, and I did that for three years. And that was great, because, like, that kind of helped create this kind of happiness movement. Me and, like, this guy from Connecticut, Lionel Ketchin, he's got this happiness club there, um, he's now he's got like clubs all over the world. He's probably got over a hundred now. Um, yeah, we, we kind of like promoted the idea and it was great because like back then I was working on my own happiness. I went from like being about 80, 85% happy to like a hundred percent happy. Right. But then I, I kind of like at that point, my conscience kicked in and I started like working to like, end global poverty and to like, you know, work on climate change and stuff. But then, you know, like after a few years working like in politics and stuff, I realized, well, you know, the kind of stuff that I wanted to happen, you know, I, you know, I, I realized that I was relatively powerless to make it happen. So anyway, what I'm trying to say is like what I want to do after this, because again, you know, 156 episodes, three years, I've pretty much done what I've wanted to do with the show. It, it's out there. And now like what, it, what needs to happen is like a major documentary, another like bestseller. I mean, Sam Harris, who's an atheist neuros- neuroscientist, he wrote a book called Free Will. March 2012, but it was only like 66 pages. It's kind of like, it wasn't like a very, very um, comprehensive treatment of the the topic. But, you know, we need somebody like Malcolm Gladwell, somebody, you know, another best-selling author that really captures the the world's imagination about not only why free will just doesn't exist, can't exist, it's impossible, which is what this show is about, really, but why it's important. Okay, let's get to the topic. All right. Um, free will and why causality is a priori. I want to explain what, what a priori means. A priori means that like there's some things in reality that are so self-evident that you don't have to rely on empiricism. Empiricism is the scientific method of, you know, just like, you know, replication, you know, just like some things are so fundamental, you can't, you actually can't, 
you know, rely on empiricism to, to demonstrate them. And the second part is some things are so fundamental to nature, to reality, that the scientific method, um, method requires them, okay? In other words, like scientific method would require causality to work. Scientific method is like same cause, same effect. That's how why, why they do experiments. You know, if, you, if they have the same cause and same effect when they do whatever, then they know there's a pattern and that helps them to, to establish scientific truth. All right, again, that requires causality. That's how fundamental causality is. Now, why is causality important? I got to like, <laughs> I, I, I came here like, I don't have notes because I just didn't want to do this show. I'm, I'm working on my happiness. <laughs> I'm tired of this stuff. So I didn't bring notes, but like, all right, so let's see if I, all right. The idea is like causality, the law of cause and effect makes free will completely, you know, completely impossible. There, there's no way we can have a free will. Okay, some people say, well, not everything has a cause, which is an insane thing to say. It's just like, it's, it's absurd, you know. <laughs> just, just logically, everything has to have a cause. Try to imagine something happening that's not caused. You know, in other words, like, it just happens. Things don't just happen, <laughs> you know. Even particles that pop in and out of existence, like on the quantum level, you know, they must have come from somewhere. And I just want to briefly, like with, with quantum phenomenon and stuff, a lot of times they say, well, we can't find a cause. Now, here's, here's something interesting about reality. I mean, I, I, I should say it later, but I want to say it now. Okay. The universe, okay? We, we, we know there's a certain, you know, we know things about the universe. We know, for example, how long it's been in existence, approximately at least the known universe since the Big Bang, you know, about 13.7 billion years. And... And we know it has to contain a certain amount of energy. I don't know how we know it because I'm not a physicist. I mean, like, I haven't, I haven't researched or whatever, but does physicists know, right? So here's the thing. So, like, basically, we're only aware of, our, our best scientific apparatus is aware of, can detect only 4% of the universe. This is amazing. The other 96% is a combination of dark energy and dark matter. You know, um... 70, 75 point whatever um, percent is, is, is that, you know, and so like basically what I'm saying is like, you know, if we can't find sometimes the cause to things, that's because we're only, we can only see like 4% of, of whatever. All right. Um, the reason causality is important to free will is like, because it's very basic, it's like, you know, if, there, if everything has a cause, because that's what causality says, you know, everything has a cause, nothing happens without a cause, then that means like any kind of, any time we make a decision, we have, we say something, we do something, we decide something, there's going to be a cause to that, okay? And there's going to be a cause to that cause, because everything has to have a cause. And the causes, again, like always go back in time. You, like, you can't have a cause following the effect of something, all right? So it goes back. So if you, so if everything has a cause, you have the what you think, say, feel, do, whatever, having a cause that's before that, and that has a cause that's before that, and that has a cause that's before that, and you have this cause of chain effect that spans back to before you were born, before the planet was created, before the galaxy was created, <laughs> before the sun was created, before, you know, back to the Big Bang, and who knows what happened before that. All right. That's causality. That's why causality makes free will impossible. Free will, you know, I just want to define what I mean by free will. Free will is like people believe that we have a free will. They believe that like we, you know, we do whatever we want to do. If we want to think something, we think it. If we want to feel something, we think it. And nothing that's not in our control is making us do any of this. 
All right, here's the thing. <laughs> Causality, this law of cause and effect, this fundamental law of nature is not in our control. And that's what makes us do everything we do. That's what makes us think everything we think, feel. We're like puppets. We're robots. Okay? That's the thing. You know, whatever. All right, so like, now, so here's the thing. So like, some people say, well, how do you know everything has a cause? Again, so if, you, if you apply simple logic, you understand everything has a cause. But this, this show, I'm going to explain why causality is so fundamental that it's a priori, that it's so self-evident that it's like it underlies all knowledge. It's self-evident. And so like, here's the argument. Okay. Let's go with another a priori. And a priori is kind of like very similar to axiomatic. In, in, in math, they use like premises, you know, like an axiomatic premise is something that's given, you know, it's accepted, you know, it's like you have to like have cer- certain basic assumptions, presumptions in order to conduct science or in math and all. So like, all right, so the, the, the most fundamental, irrefutable, incontestable fact of reality of the universe is that it exists. Okay, that's an a priori fact. Nobody could possibly present any evidence that it doesn't exist. Reality exists, okay? I mean, like, to, to say that it doesn't would be absurd. You can't prove a, the reality exists empirically because, like, well, it depends how you define empiricism, but sometimes people, people say that it, it has to be falsifiable, but you can't falsify reality. In other words, you can't show an instance where there is no reality. So anyway, so, like, a priority means it's, like, self-evident. It doesn't require any reasoning or any experimentation to demonstrate it's just, it's so fundamental so like the universe think about it the universe exists it's a priori knowledge okay first fundamental fact of reality exists what's the second fundamental fact of reality a priori fact the universe changes okay ever since the big bang you know like Things have changed. You know, there's particles are moving through space, through time, okay? Things happen. If, think, if there was no change, think about it. If there was no change, if the universe existed without change, everything would be forever frozen. Nothing would ever happen. There would be no Big Bang, no stars, no, no planets, no nothing. <laughs> nothing could happen because every... Because, you know, like, you know, there'd be no change. It'd be like static like all right? So, like, so that's the second fundamental a priori fact of reality. Reality changes. You can't dispute that. You can't deny that, okay? A priori. Again, so... How does this causality apply to this? What is change? Change is most technically uh, a particle being at one point at one moment in time at, and then at, at a different point the next moment in time. In other words, like the universe, you know, from the Big Bang onward, because who knows what happens b- before that, but, you know, you would think something happened. Uh, the universe is simply like this, this like, this really, really um, very small... The universe is teeny, like, when it first began. It was, like, you know, about the size of a nucleus of an atom. And, like, and this is, like, you know, all these galaxies, hundreds of billions. It was condensed, crunched to, like, an, you know... I forget the term. There's a, a singularity, whatever. So, anyway, it's, like... So, like, what happens? So, you've got the universe at its first moment, right? Before it exploded, right? The second moment, it starts exploding out and, you know, making itself, whatever. And so, like, you have a particle at the first moment, being 
at a different place because it's, it's, it's expanding everywhere at the next moment of the universe, okay? That is change. In other words, that's causality. Like, change is one particle being at one, you know, and, and again, this change can apply to everything. It can apply to, to everything that's happening today. But, all right, so in terms of this, why causality is a priori? Um, ask yourself, what is change? Change is change has to have a cause. In other words, there is a cause for a particle being at one place, uh, one moment, and a different place, place the next moment. Now, in, in terms of physics, basically, it has to do with, well, basically momentum. Momentum is like the velocity and direction of a particle. You know, nothing can move without momentum, okay? So, like, so momentum is the cause of the particle being at one place at one point in time, at one moment in time, and at a different place the next moment. All right, so here's the thing. So, if, if change requires causality or is an expression of causality, if, if change would not happen unless it was caused... You know, because again, momentum is a cause. There's other causes. There's other laws in the universe, like gravity is a law. You know, there's forces. There's like the electromagnetic force, the weak nuclear force, the strong nuclear force. There's gravity. Um, you know, and these are these are causes. In other words, these forces cause change in the universe. So, like, if these changes are causal, require causality then obviously, obviously causality must be as fundamental a fact of nature as is change and as is the fact that the universe exists. That is how fundamental... So in other words, like, you know, some people like with quantum mechanics, they say, well, you know, like the quantum levels, things happen without a cause, they just happen. No, no, that's just like, you know, some, some scientists, some physicists say, well, we haven't, we haven't been able to determine what the cause is. We haven't found any stuff. But again, as I explained earlier, like, you know, asserting that is like, it's like, let's say like you, there's a large room, right? And you have a flashlight and you're pointing it at 4% of the room, which represents 4% of the known universe. And you're not finding a cause there, and you're concluding, well, it doesn't exist. You know, so anyway, that's what these scientists do. They say, well, we haven't found a cause, and so it can't exist, or it doesn't exist, whatever. Totally logical, totally unscientific. We went through this last show. These are about, you know, the scientists who conclude this, they're good maybe at learning and, like, and remembering what they learned and reciting what they've learned and applying what they've learned. They're not at all good at understanding what they've learned. They're not good at logic, basic critical analysis. All right, so basically, so the idea is like, even at the quantum level, you know, everything is caused. And again, even if things, I mean, the, 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 the interesting thing about this, I mean, this is like very, very strong, irrefutable proof that causality is a priori, is so fundamental, you can't refute it, and obviously causality refutes free will. But even, even if causality didn't govern everything, you know, uh, uh, um, you know uh, uh, an impossibility, <laughs> really. Even if, even if things would happen uncaused, you couldn't claim that something uncaused was being caused by a human being or human will. So in other words, that, that claiming that some things aren't caused wouldn't help free will anyhow. All right? But, but again, the, the importance of this show is to, to, because like, you know, 
things are not uncaused. Things are caused, and cause, causality is the reason why free will is impossible. All right, I think, I think we've explained this. So, like, again, a priori knowledge is so fundamental. And, again, a priori knowledge, causality. Now, I want, I want to really relate this to how we do science. You know, so basically science is generally done with the scientific method. Scientific method is otherwise known as empiricism. It's basically experimentation. You do an experiment, okay? You have the same kind of conditions, okay? And then, like, with the same kind of conditions you get the same kind of outcome. And if you do an experiment one time, a hundred times, a thousand times, if you have the same initial conditions and you introduce a certain factor in the same way, you know, you'll have the same result each time. That's what empiricism is. And so it's basically, you know, you know from school you, you probably learned empiricism, the scientific method, is basically described the same cause, same effect. So... The way we do science, again, requires causality. That's how fundamental causality is, not just to the universe, but to our understanding of the universe. Okay. We've done, you know, (laughs) this is like, yeah. Um, All right, I think we've done this, but I I, I just like, um, why does this matter? Because like, you know, right now, I mean, like, I've, I've done like, this 148 shows, like, and I always try to, like, explain why we have free will, but why is this important? You know, because I, you know, I mean, I could go over this again, but I think you got it. You know, like, if you're not watching this on TV, you know, just just rewind and watch it again. But why is this important? Okay, and I should do a lot more shows on this. I don't understand. The universe, if I had a free will, I would have done so many more shows on this because this is, like, why it's important. You know, because the thing is, like, a lot of people won't understand this unless they see a benefit to this. The problem is, like, when we attribute free will to ourselves and other people, what happens is when things go wrong, when other people do things they shouldn't do, when we do things we shouldn't do, we either, like, blame them or sometimes hate them, sometimes, like, seek revenge and and want them to suffer and stuff. It's really horrible stuff, you know. We do that like blaming other people or we blame ourselves. We do something wrong and we punish ourselves because like, you know, a lot of this is like um, we, we learn like, for example, when we're really little, when we're like toddlers and stuff, we do something wrong. Our parents punish us because like punishment is kind of like, you know, in psychology, it's like operant conditioning, you know, reward, punishment. It's like, you know. We will, if we, if we get punished or we know we're going to get punished for something, well, chances are we won't do it. So, like, punishment is, like, a tool for, um, for creating desirable behavior. But what happens a lot of times is that, like, you know, as adults, you know, we're never taught that we don't have a, that, you know, we don't have a free will. We're taught we have a free will, so, like, we don't have our parents punishing us. We integrate this. We internalize this punishment thing, and when we do stuff wrong, we punish ourselves. We feel guilty. We feel the pain of guilt. I'm not saying that, like, we shouldn't, like, have a conscience, because we should have a conscience. We should know the difference between right and wrong. Right is basically what creates happiness for ourselves and others, and wrong is what, you know, limits it or, or minimizes or whatever. So I'm not saying we go without a conscience, but we don't need this this pain of guilt thing to like, you know. So like basically the free will illusion, the free will belief, the myth of free will creates so much unnecessary conflict and pain in the world. You wouldn't believe it, you know. Um, again, so many wars. Um, you know, it's really horrible. Um, 
in the United States, like, you know, the United, we're not a good country, all right? You know, like, you know, fine, we, we, we overcame slavery, we overcame stuff in the past, but we're still, we're torturing animals, and there's like, we, we imprison more people, a greater percentage of our population than any other country of the world, you know, because it's all about money. Like, before prisons were like, were, um, were built and maintained by by states and counties and stuff, but now they they privatize them, you know. So there's private companies, you know, that own prisons and are making money on this. So the idea is like with this free will thing, you know, we create a lot more laws that are unnecessary, prohibit things that shouldn't, just so some people make money. But the worst thing is that like, you know. When, when people do things that are bad, fine, you, we have to, like, maintain order. We have to, like, have a rule of law. People, you know, we have to protect society and civility and stuff, you know. But with the free will illusion, we don't just, like, punish people the minimum amount to deter others from doing something or to correct the behavior of people who've done something wrong. That's really the, the purpose, the the um, rational purpose of punishment. But under the free will belief, we want them to suffer. We say they're evil, they're bad, they did what they did of their own free will, and so they deserve to suffer. So like, that encourages hatred, that encourages vengeance, that encourages a sadistic kind of like a punishing of people that the very unfortunate fact is they had no choice but do what they did. Every every prisoner and every prison that's ever been made, you know, every jail, they're there because they're very unfortunate. You know, not, not one person that has ever been in prison or in jail or wherever, you know, had a choice to do but what they did. That's what that's what lack of free will means. You know, in other words, like some of us are lucky. Some of us are lucky that are, we're raised in certain ways. We have certain genes that prevent us from doing things that are illegal or immoral or whatever. Others of us are not as lucky. So the idea is like, fine, you know, like some people. So, you know, we have to maintain um, society, but the free will belief just injects into into our civil, our criminal, um, our institutions, you know, just like this, this element of hatred. In other words, we're not just like punishing and rewarding people to, to condition their behavior so they behave in a, in a more appropriate way. We're, we're, we're hating people, you know, based on this illusion. So that's why this is important. And it doesn't just apply sociologically. Think of, like, the people in your life. Think of, like, like friends that you've had and you've had falling outs and, like, they've said something, you know, that you felt was hurtful or, you know, you have. And, like, you know, a lot of times, you know, a lot of times what happens is, like, because of this free will illusion, it's like we get so wrapped up in blaming them and they blame us and all that, you know, we don't often get get around to actually solving, you know, the problem, which is, you know, some, I'm not saying that, like, that there aren't problems in the world. Some, a lot of times we, um, we do things we shouldn't be doing or say things we shouldn't be saying. But, but what happens with the free will illusion is, like, we focus on that. We, we you know... If we're so busy blaming them and they're bl- busy blaming us and all, that distracts us from from dealing with what's confronting us. So, so in other words, anytime we have a fight with someone, we're not like, um, you know, harmonious with them. The reality is that 
It's fate. It's the universe. It's this law of cause and effect. God, call it whatever you want, that's doing this to us. It's doing this to the person. It's doing this to us. Okay, so, what, so what's the benefit of overcoming this illusion of free will? When you understand that, when you understand that nothing's up to us, that we're compelled to do everything we do, it's nothing is really up to us, then what happens is that you and whomever you are like fighting with, whoever, whoever you're in conflict with, are all of a sudden on the same side. You're not aggressing toward each other. You're like asking yourself, why is the universe doing this to us? Why is the universe like, you know, creating these circumstances where like we're at odds with each other? We're like differing in opinion. We're kind of like hurting each other in certain ways. And so like when you, when, you know, at least it's, again, it's not like understanding the free wills and illusions is going to solve everything because you still have to kind of like understand, you know, right and wrong and, and why things happen. But at least, you know, overcoming the illusion of free will, you're, you're on the same side. You're on the same side as allies, you know, cooperating instead of competing to understand why things happen. And that, under, by that process, that cooperative process can help you, you know, overcome um, whatever it is. You know, you know, like with marriage therapy, couples therapy, um, just like, you know, just so many, so many parts of life um, involve conflict between people. You know, then this, you can't escape it. So again, that's, that's one of the powerful reasons why this is so important, because it, it really affects us on a day-to-day basis. Um, okay, so we got about two minutes left. I'm going to reiterate. I'm going to reiterate this, the basic theme. All right. Free will, the belief in free will would mean that like we could do, think, feel, say, whatever we do, independent of anything that's not in our control, making us do whatever we do. You know, that, that we do what we do because we want to and nothing is making us do what we do. Nothing is making us decide what we decide, okay? The problem with that is yes, causality is, is actually governing us. We're, we're, we have no more free will than does a puppet. We have no more control over anything than does a puppet. And it's causality that makes that impossible. But like some people say, well, you know, perhaps not everything is caused. So like the purpose of this show was to show that causality is so fundamental to nature that it's irrefutable. It's, 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 completely irrefutable. It's unequivocally irrefutable. You can't, you know, and it, it's so fundamental an aspect of nature that it can be considered a priori, you know, self-evident, along with the self-evident fact that there is change in the universe, because like if there was no change, nothing would be happening, and along with the a priori fact that the universe exists. That's how fundamental the causality that refutes free will is to reality. Okay, we got 43 minutes, seconds left. Um, and it's, so that's, you know, like, so again, this is episode 148. If I, you know, if I had a free will, I'd explain it so well that, that you'd all get it and like, you know, we'd, we'd move into a new consciousness because that, that's how big this is. In the last 24 seconds, famous philosopher John Searle said that for free will to be overcome, for the world to understand we don't have free will, would be a bigger revolution in our thinking than Einstein or Copernicus or Newton, or Galileo, or Darwin, and that it would alter our whole conception of our relation with the universe. It would be brand new conscious. All right, thanks for watching. We'll be back, you know, explaining this more on other shows. Uh, Merry Christmas.